my wonderful friends, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. And where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM. And if you'd like to make a comment or have your questions answered, you can text me at 0401-305-077. Or you can email us, info at faithfm.com.au. Also, you can visit our website, faithfm.com.au. Our co-host today is Kevin Musarira. And Kevin is working in the emergency department, saving lives, and is a passionate Bible student engaged in saving lives for eternity. Dr. Kevin, it's so good to have you with us today. Thank you, Nick. I'm very happy to be here with you today. Hey, we are uh, tackling uh, quite an interesting uh, subject today. Now, for the whole week, we were looking at um, how Christianity is impacted through our lifestyle. We also talked about can our belief impact health? How did Christ model a Christian lifestyle? And we just looked at the other day about uh, is Christianity and the media mutually exclusive but today we have a very interesting topic and we are going to talk about does christian lifestyle impact sexuality now kevin you are a a practitioner and i believe uh, you came across with people who may come to see you um, and having all sorts of things maybe related with their sexuality did you come across? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, uh, sexuality is a very big part of um, everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that we can't run away from. Mm-hmm. And so uh, naturally, one would expect that it will impact quite a big chunk of our both our physical, psychological and spiritual well-being. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And you know, what's even more wonderful to think of that God created from the beginning this wonderful thing which uh, uh, can get us in so much trouble if we are not approaching in the right way. Absolutely. And if I could ask you um, now a bit of a different question. As I mentioned, God made all things beautiful, sexuality and the Christian. Now, what's your view on this? Maybe let me um, just start with a little story um, that sort of illustrates the magnitude of the issues that we're dealing with when we ask that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monica was a, raised in a Seventh-day Adventist home and living a Christian lifestyle uh, came naturally to her. Then she met Mark, a fellow student at an Adventist college. Mm-hmm. They spent time together, often alone, and one thing led to another until the two ended up in an intimate consensual sexual relationship. And that's so easy to happen uh, in these days, particularly with with the young people, yes? Uh, Absolutely. Mm. Young and old. (laughs) (laughs) So Monica knew what the Bible taught regarding sexual intercourse outside of marriage. She often tried to silence her conscience by thinking, how can something that feels so good 
be so wrong. Mm, mm. Mark and Monica are not alone. According to the U.S.-based um, National Center for Health Statistics in the United States, 88.8% of women aged 15 to 44 years of age and 89.9% of men aged 20 to 44 report engaging in premarital sexual intercourse with the average age of first sexual experience at 17.3 for women and 17.0 years for men. Mm. So that shows this is uh, obviously um, quite a prevalent uh, uh, issue that people are having to deal with uh, on a day-to-day basis. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, and and as as we talked about that, Particularly with the young people, the reason why I'm keep saying this, young people, because you see, when Moni- uh, Monica, I mean, obviously, it's not a real name here yeah, in, in the in the story, but um, she was raised up in a Christian uh, environment, uh, maybe the, the right teachings, you know, uh, from the Bible. But when she faced that uh, feelings, you know, that thing, you know, those questions arise and said, "Well, how can?" In the Bible, be such a things, you know, to obstruct you, to to abstain you from this or that, when feels so good. Particularly in a, in a society, Kevin, when we are saying so much, if you feel good, do it. Absolutely. You know, whatever feels good, do it. It's more like putting to to sleep, if you like, the rationality, the reasons behind everything what we do. And I'm very. Um, uh, concern, particularly in the last period of time, you know, coming from a different background myself, you know, from a close country back in back home in Romania was a communist country at some stage, and you cannot really talk about these things, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even today, sometime people are not opening up this to talk about the, all the pros and cons uh, and uh, put it on the table. They just do uh, the young ones, particularly they just go and do it. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true, and I think it's a, uh, it's really something that is uh, reflected in our culture today, mm-hmm. where you know if something feels good, it must be right, and yet uh, when we look at uh, what the Bible teaches, there are very very clear instructions and principles that mm-hmm. God has given us in order to guide our behavior and to guide our perspective on things like this, and it's always uh, a, a wise person who will go beyond just what feels good, but finds out from God's word mm-hmm. what is right. And right is better than feeling good. Absolutely. And I like that you mentioned uh, uh, that a wise man may see the difference. And, you know, wisdom comes from above. That's right. Because I read in the Bible that um, the wisdom of this world, it's foolishness. You know, but the true wisdom is the um, fear of God. Interesting enough, fears doesn't, to fear God doesn't mean to be so um, taken over, you know, by God's presence. Mm-hmm. No, God is a loving God who died for us, who mm-hmm. did everything what was possible for us that we may experience life at the fullest. Absolutely. As he created in the first place. Mm-hmm. But the enemy, the one who's uh, the enemy of God and the enemy of humanity, he will come with all sorts of tricks and uh, whispering in our uh, minds and uh, saying, oh, that, that's not that bad, you know. That's but right. he will not tell you the, all the effects. That's right. And, and he, the consequences. He's, he's been doing that trick from, from day one. Absolutely. Uh, and to trick humanity into doing things his way. Um, as you said, you know, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And uh, 
I like to think of fear as more submitting to God, mm-hmm. just ad- just understanding that God is wiser and bigger and better than us, mm. and that God's motivation is to love and to care and to nurture, and as Jesus says, to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. Mm-hmm. So once we understand that our Heavenly Father, who is so loving and gentle and caring, that his motivation is for us to, to get things, to get the best out of life, it's easy to fear God. Mm. Uh, and it's, it, it certainly becomes easier to, to defer to him, as it were, to lead us in the way to go. Mm. And even uh, this topic as we're talking about today, sexuality, people may think that it's too much restriction there. You know, it's too restrictive there. What God says in the Bible, you know, not to do this or to do that, it's too restrictive. That's, you know, we have to think again and evaluate the whole issue here because uh, when God, who's the maker of us all, Mm. he obviously knew exactly how best we can function. And unfortunately, we live in a very dysfunctional <laughs> situation, even in marriage. And not only in marriage, but uh, talking about the young people here, sexuality uh, before marriage, you know, which uh, it's interesting that uh, more and more people are encouraging this and finding all sorts of uh, excuses to know each other, to see if you can be compatible and all those things. But, you know, God knew before how can you function at the, at the highest level? Before we're moving on, um, I would like to just uh, take a short break now. And I have a book to advertise here. And I will give the phone number now. I will repeat the phone number after the ad. Uh, my phone number is 0401-305-077. You can um, send us an SMS with a request for this book, we'll be very happy to deliver it uh, uh, to your door, uh, free of charge, no obligation. Listen to this ad and we'll be back in a second. This is Faith FM, Drive Time, big Q&A. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. That's a wonderful book, uh, highly recommended. And again, my phone number is 0401-305-077. It's also good to have uh, David Lima with us uh, again from Family Voice Australia. And um, David, as we are talking today uh, about uh, does Christian lifestyle impact sexuality? Mm. I want to ask you this, David, as a Christian voice for the family, can you tell our listeners what is happening to God's gift of sexuality? Well, this is a really good question, Nick. And there's one word, I think, which characterizes what we've done with God's gift of sexuality, and that word is confusion. Mm-hmm. So there may be some very confused people listening. There are certainly many confused people out there in Australia, and we don't know whether there's two genders, three genders, 57 Heinz varieties, or whatever it might be. And 
uh, yeah, the the whole culture is really forgetting that mm-hmm. in the beginning, as Jesus said in relation to a question about sexuality, in fact about divorce, he said, have you not read what it was at the beginning? So unfortunately our culture, the whole world, is losing what it was that God made at the beginning. And what was it that he made? It's very simple. He made them male and female. Mm. So... Someone might say, if, they're, if they are genetically male, they might say, oh, well, I feel like a woman. Well, how can a man know what it means to feel like a woman? He can only know what it feels like as a man. Mm-hmm. And similarly, no woman can say, really, uh, I think I'm a man, because how would she know what it's like to think like a man? Mm. So every cell of every human being is either male or female. It's as simple as that. Yes, and as you just said, um, uh, David, because of forgetting mm. the teachings of the Bible mm. right from the beginning, mm. God gave so much information mm. ab- in this regard, and mm. uh, we just don't want to take any notice. Mm. And uh, just to go a bit further, David, mm. what are the differences in between the two biological sexes? Yes, again, a very good question, Nick. We have to recognize that God made male and female, firstly, and secondly, that he made them for a particular purpose. Mm. He wanted maleness and he wanted femaleness. So we'll come back to that as the as mm-hmm. the interview continues. But it's very important that we recognize the fundamental difference between male and female. You might remember the old song from the 1950s where the fellow says, why can't a woman be more like a man? Well, this is a silly question because God knew what he was doing, mm. making them different. And what a difference there is. We're obviously aware of the physical characteristics, but then we have things like women have high-pitched, comforting voices, mm-hmm. and men have loud, lion-like voices. So God himself roars like a lion. My wife used to tell me off when I'd shout at the kids, but she might as well go to the zoo and say to the lions that they shouldn't shout because God himself shouts. He mm-hmm. like roars like a lion. And certainly when our two sons were growing up, uh, if they if they hurt themselves, they would not come to me for comfort. They'd refuse to be comforted by me, mm-hmm. but they would be comforted by their mother. Yes. I, I guess because she did the breastfeeding. Yes. Um, and it's just the way things are. So the, the, the difference between male and female, it's really quite astonishing when mm-hmm. we work it through. And probably the reason why so many people are uh, uh, rebelling to say so is because it's a misunderstanding there that we may think, you know, because of cultural issues, Mm -hmm. when uh, unfortunately men uh, just stepped over uh, a woman and the rights of a woman and things like that, that is not equality. Correct. And probably that's where the confusion starts. Yes, that's right. But as you just said, God created so uniquely Mm -hmm. different Indeed. The man and the woman Indeed. to complement each other, That's right. to do his part, each one of them. And the more and more these days we find the woman doing the work of a man mm. and the man the work of a woman. That's right. It's very true what you're just saying there. Mm. And also, uh, to go a bit further, um, another question which i like to just throw to you, David, uh, today is what are the claims of Christ over human sexuality. Yes, yes, a fundamentally important matter. If we don't exalt Christ as Saviour and Lord, then our sexuality becomes distorted because we can't really understand marriage Mm. and sexuality without understanding Christ and his claims over our sexuality. 
So the Apostle Paul said, honor God with your body. Well, how do we do that? We recognize that men are to love their wives as Christ loved the church, Mm -hmm. and wives are to respond as the church to Christ. And that was an instruction given to men who weren't loving their wives and an instruction to women who were not responding to their husbands. Nothing's Mm. changed. Mm. We need this teaching today just as it was needed in the first century. But what Paul is really saying, and he uses these words, I'm speaking about a mystery. I'm speaking about Christ and the church when he speaks about men loving their wives and women responding in a loving manner also. He's speaking about Christ and the church. So my wonderful privilege as a husband, it's a prophetic opportunity, is to love my wife Mm -hmm. and to understand how much Christ has loved me and for me to just in some small way reflect that back as I uh, love my wife in a sacrificial manner. And similarly, her wonderful privilege is to respond as the church to Christ. Mm-hmm. It's not so much a testimony as a prophecy because we anticipate the future union of Christ and the church. Uh, the end of all history will be a wedding, not a nuclear explosion. Yes. And so we are prophetic about that. And all of the various permutations that are out there which are different to the historic notion of marriage, they fail to give prophecy to Christ and the church, Mm -hmm. and that's why they don't work, and that's why they're not pleasing to God, although he loves everyone in whatever situation they're in. And if any of our listeners are feeling confused about their sexuality, let let them know that God loves them and is wanting to work with them and wanting them to receive Christ as Savior and Lord and for them to honor God with their body, no matter what they may feel or what their inclinations may be. Let them all be submitted to Christ as Savior and Lord. That's very good. I, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, uh, that God loves everybody. Yes. Because, uh, again, people may look at others, you know, uh, from from a human uh, perspective mm. and uh, put a stigma to, to reject, you know, uh, these sort of people. Yes. I mean, we are all sinners. Exactly. We are all sinners. And God loves the sinner but doesn't accept or love the sin. Correct. And if we understand that, then we'll work towards a better life. And that's what uh, we are talking today about the lifestyle. Mm. But how can we really enjoy this beautiful thing created uh, by God? Thank you very much, David, for uh, coming with us today. And uh, uh, really appreciate um, your time. May God bless you and uh, Family Voice of Australia in everything what you do. And just taking a short uh, break again here, I'd like to play a song, Why Me? Why me, Lord? What have I ever done to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known? Tell me, Lord. What did I ever do that was worth loving you or the kindness you've shown?
Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Krita. And our co-host today is Kevin Musarira. And the big question for today is, does Christian lifestyle impact sexuality? And I believe uh, as you listen today, you may ask questions, you may have issues in your own life, you may not understand certain things. Don't be troubled and afraid because God is the one who understands us all. And he wants us to come closer to him and to really enjoy everything what he created for us. This week also we wanted to have a, a bit of emphasis on prayer and the need of prayer in our lives. And I would like right now just to pray. We'll, we'll have a session of prayer. And if you feel like that, you need us to pray for you. You have a prayer request. Don't hesitate to send a message, to send a, a text to 0401-305-077. Also, you can write an email to Aussie Prayer Network at gmail.com and uh, will uh, answer in, record, in accordance with your request. We'll pray for you. And if you want to be anonymous, you can do that too. Let's just bow our, our heads in prayer just for, uh, for a minute. Our Lord Father in heaven, Almighty God, Creator and Sustainer of all things, how beautiful it is to know that you love us so much. You understand us when we are going wrong, Lord. And if there are people in this world right now, even listening to this program today, going through some tough times because of wrong choices in regard to sexuality, I pray, dear Lord, that you'll put your healing hands around everyone and give comfort and assurance that they are your beloved children, the loved ones, the ones for whom you, Jesus, died and shed a precious blood. I pray that you'll comfort us. I pray that you'll strengthen us to make right decisions and to enjoy life to the fullest. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Dr. Kevin, uh, I'm coming back to you here, and I would like to see if we can uh, look at some biblical uh, instruction, some references in the Bible to support uh, what we are talking so far. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, uh, the importance of looking at the biblical instructions is that it takes us back to the original intention that uh, our Heavenly Father had regarding this subject of sexuality. And as the previous uh, interviewee um, alluded to, is that um, there's a lot of confusion because we have uh, lost our moorings in the biblical narrative mm -hmm. regarding these issues. So when we turn back to the Bible, we are turning back to wisdom. We're turning back to the original instructions and the original intentions given by the Heavenly Father. And when we do that, it's wise. Mm. And the, the, the outcomes of it are very much uh, in the positive direction. So in uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 21, 
we read, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So the whole idea of maleness and femaleness originate in God himself. And in our maleness and in our femaleness, we to an extent reflect something of the image and the nature and personality of God himself. That really puts this whole uh, issue in a very different context. Mm -hmm. It's no longer just something that human beings play around with or can, you know, to, you know, change and manipulate for their own purposes, but it's originate. It's origin. It originates in God, the Creator of heaven and earth and everything that there is. Mm. So, as human beings, uh, we have a, a sacred um, charge, as it were, to 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 contain the divine in our sexuality, because as we contain it, as we live it. As we reflect it, we are saying something about our Creator. Wow. We are reflecting back to why we are here. We're here not of our own doing or our own bidding. We're here as created human beings by a loving Father. And what a privilege mm -hmm. it is for us to live out uh, His personality, His image, His purposes in the way He has created us and i believe that when we uh when we keep to the script so to speak mm -hmm. uh we, we 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 have great things to benefit and then the second thing going back to the beginning again to genesis we realize that our sexuality not just our maleness and femaleness but our coming together as male and female in sex as it were mm -hmm. is not our idea it's God's idea. And I'll just read in Genesis chapter 2, verses 23 to 25. And Adam said, this is now speaking about his wife, who God had just created and presented to him. Mm -hmm. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Mm. This is speaking about the beauty of sexual union between one man, one woman, in marriage, under God. And we see that it is beautiful. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's God's idea, and it is something to be enjoyed within the marriage union. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. Uh, and that's God's idea. That is Eden. Wow. And what I like, uh, Kevin, as you just mentioned here, that it's God's idea. It's not just our desires, our fleshly, you know, uh, um, de desires. It's inoculated there in us from above. But too often we change things and we approach it as we see. That's right. Rather than to understand how God wants us to understand. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to reiterate what I've said already, is the, the privilege that we have uh, in participating in a bigger story than ourselves. Mm -hmm. This whole idea of male and female, this whole idea of sexual union is something 
that comes from the heart of God Himself. And it is a it is a a metaphor, so to speak, a practical lived out metaphor in which God is communicating something of Himself. It's not just my own personal mm-hmm. selfish uh, desire to gain something, but it is giving to God and giving glory to God mm. in the way that I live, living out a metaphor. And in as we do that, as we live out this metaphor, we gain a revelation of who the Father is. We gain a revelation of who our Creator is, and it it's exuberant. It's beautiful. Mm. It's uh, it's to be celebrated. Mm. Right. And Kevin, also, let's see what Jesus said in this regard. Uh, because um, you mentioned about in Genesis and beautiful uh, passages there. Let's look at uh, another passage in Matthew 19. Can you just take us through uh, Matthew 19 um, and verses 4 to 6 there uh, speaks about uh, beautifully about uh, the union in between a man and a woman. Yes. Well, Matthew 19, verses 46 reads as follows. And he answered, just Jesus speaking, and, and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then there are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together let no man separate. Now, to be one flesh encompasses the blending of heart and mind and soul of two distinct individuals. It includes physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual unity in line with the holistic nature of who we are as human mm-hmm. beings. Now, um, I think quite often we underestimate the gravity of sexual union between two people. So when sexual union, for example, is participated in outside the marriage union Mm -hmm. and we become one flesh with A and one flesh with B and one flesh with C, this has a very negative impact on us physically, on us psychologically, and on us spiritually. Mm -hmm. So although we may not see immediately or uh, um, uh, what the impact of it, but there are very grave, long-lasting, and negative consequences. When we participate in something outside the rules, outside the counsel, outside the blessing Mm -hmm. of God. Yeah, I like that uh, also, uh, Kevin, because you read a bit earlier that when a male and a female came together, they became one flesh. And how can you become one flesh with so many partners, you know, that's a special thing given by God to us to to enjoy that partnership, if you like, that reuni- reunion uh, in, in one flesh of a man and a woman. That's right. Beautifully, beautifully uh, said there. We have all the, also other passages. Uh, are you able to look at um, uh, Thessalonians uh, by any chance? Uh, First Thessalonians. <coughs> Uh, chapter 4, just uh, to read a couple of uh, verses there. Yes, in First uh, uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, verses 3 to 5 reads, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, 
that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Wow, that's beautiful. You know, uh, again, uh, talking about sanctification, you Mm. know, to be set aside, to be something unique as God created us, but not to act, you know, just uh, here the, the example is like the Gentiles. Why is saying like that? Because they didn't know God. Absolutely. They didn't know the plan of of God for us all. Absolutely. And and really that that's really brings it uh, home, so to speak, that the whole issue is about our relationship with God. God is the one who created sex. He's the one who created our maleness and our femaleness. And it is only in relation to him and his purposes and design that the whole thing makes sense. Mm-hmm. When it's outside those confines, outside the blessing, uh, then we get into trouble. And uh, sure enough, there's plenty of evidence of trouble regarding our uh, lack of uh, adhering to God's. Sure, yeah. sure. Hey, just before um, we move into a, a bit of a different uh, section here, I'd like to also look to a couple of more passages here. What about uh, Romans uh, 1, uh, 26 and 27, Kevin? Well, I think this is, um, uh, let me read it first. For this reason, God gave them up uh, to vile passions. Uh, the the context here is uh, Paul is writing to the Romans and is speaking about how the humankind in general has rejected the um Revelation of who God is mm-hmm. and has decided to live according to their own means and uh, preferences. Mm. So he reads, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of women, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Mm. So this is uh, uh, pretty much um, uh, describes our modern day world. Yes. Uh, where sexual perversion is everywhere to be seen. And the fundamental reason for its existence is the disruption of our relationship with our creator. Mm, mm. So what we see as sexual perversion is a symptom of a deeper problem, which is our disconnection with our creator. And so it follows that in order for us to be able to get this right and recreate Eden is to be reconnected to Father God. To the source. Wow, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, one more one more passage in uh, 1 Corinthians, and I like this, uh, uh, chapter 6, uh, verses 9 to 11. Yes, uh, this is obviously Paul writing to the Corinthians, and it reads from verse 9, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, no homosexuals, no sodomites, no thieves, no covetous, no drunkards, no revelers, no extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such we were, were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit 
of our God. This is a dire warning. Mm. It's a dire warning that even though we can make our own choices, because God wants us to make our own choices, God doesn't make robots. Mm-hmm. He makes uh, free will human beings who can choose to listen or to disobey. Mm-hmm. But here's a clear warning that disobedience to him has negative consequences. And here it reads, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yes. But also uh, in the same passage is a great uh, hope that even though things may be so bad or so far from God, but it is possible to be washed. It is possible to be sanctified. It is possible to be justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. That's wonderful. That's really wonderful because I I, I really like that, um, Kevin, because people will um, used to say, and I I was in that situation many times myself, and I said, look, I think I, I went a little bit too far. You know, I did a little bit, you know, God is not pleased and is that's it he turned his back on me but this assures us again that with that precious blood of jesus we are washed we just need to turn around we just need to leave behind the old life and move forward with a new perception with a new desire to really allow god to work in our life the change needed because it takes time. That's you right. know, it takes time. And there may be people even listening to, uh, listening to us right now when they say, man, I really, f- I'm, I'm falling into this. You know, I'm, uh, you know, uh, addictions, addictions today are so big and particularly sexuality. And not, we, we are going to look a little bit also maybe in the um, other aspects, not in a physical um, touch, you know, uh, and, uh, Interaction. There are so many ways that the enemy, the devil, created so many things to really take our mind away from the things which God created for us to enjoy. I say that word again to the fullest. That's right. We're going to take another sh- uh, short break uh, right now. And uh, if you haven't noted down the phone number where you can send an SMS for the book we give you for free today, The Great Controversy, the number again is 0401-305-077. You can send a message to that number or otherwise you can uh, write an email to info at faithfm.com or visit our website faithfm.com.au. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And that book, it's yours for free, no obligation, if you just send a text to 401 305 Hey, Kevin, what is God-given identity? Well, I think uh, we've uh, pretty much alluded to this um, 
thus far and uh, would probably just add a few more things to say. Uh, sexuality is an integral part of our identity. It was fundamental for personal identity and communal life in biblical times even as it is today. The sense of who we are is foundational to how we relate to others and to the world around us. Scripture clearly reveals who we are and how we should live. As we said before, in the Garden of Even God gave his children two identity markers. One, the Sabbath, reminding us he is our creator and Lord. That, that's fundamental mm. Uh, mm. to understanding uh, who we are. And secondly, our personhood created male or female in the image of God. These two identity markers will always be foundational for human identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the whole two issues of God as creator and God being the person who tells us and about times mm-hmm. is really fundamental. And secondly, our personhood and the family. Those two issues are critical, especially as we approach the end times. Yes, and as you just mentioned about those two fundamental uh, institutions, uh, both of them, uh, Kevin, are so much uh, disregarded. That's correct. You know, and uh, people don't want to think of the Sabbath day as God uh, created the Sabbath to rest, uh, to meet with us, you know. And again, sexuality, you know, like the family, the bond of the family. Today you cannot talk about that, you know. We, uh, Almost every family will experience, you know, I mean, we know that in the, in the Western world at least, uh, every, every second uh, marriage ends up in, in divorce. Mm, that's correct. Mm. And uh, I think that uh, we, we, we really need to uh, encourage each other uh, to focus on these two fundamental institutions. Yes. Uh, because they are uh, an important part of God's plan to keep things together. Mm-hmm. So I just want to uh, refer to an article um, by David Thomas uh, in which he he writes, since sexuality is part of the intrinsic zone in which we hold sacred things, if it is not properly reverenced and is treated tritely, a person will feel diminished and infringed upon. The misuse of sexuality or the infringement upon it by someone else becomes both offensive and damaging because the inner sanctum of life was trampled mm. upon. Yeah. Mm. Right. And are there uh, lasting effects from our uh, sexuality, Kevin? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think that uh, that is one of the uh, modern deceptions out there that you can somehow dabble in uh, sexual uh, activity and leave yourself unscathed. Mm. Um, uh, actually, I want to refer to something here uh, that uh, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Mm-hmm. He says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. It doesn't get any closer than mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. When you sin against yourself, the effects are going to be with you. And so the, the, the biblical command there to flee sexual immorality is absolutely imperative and is in our best interests. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we refer to the story of uh, Mark and uh, uh, Monica, you know, during their uh, passionate romance and uh, rush of excitement and uh, uh, sensuous pleasure, you know, uh, uh, accompanied 
their illicit love. You know, that was a love affair there. But they later experienced guilt, sorrow, fear, and remorse. And went their separate ways, carrying with them scars that affected their inner being, damaging their self-perception and relationship with others. That's right. Healing comes only through repentance and to return to God. Absolutely. Who, ori- who was the originator of the whole thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a classical bi- biblical example of um, sexual infidelity is found in the story of David and uh, Bathsheba. I may not have time to really go into that uh, uh, today, uh, which is recorded in Second uh, Samuel um, uh, chapter 11. God had blessed David tremendously, and his kingdom was growing strong. But through the sins of lust and adultery, followed by murder, David plunged into an abyss. That's right. An abyss of sorrow from which he never fully recovered, even though he gave his heart to God fully, you know, and God called him a man after my own heart, you know. Mm -hmm. But the scars and the results of that was still there. As I said, even uh, he deeply uh, uh, repented, and you can just read Psalm 51, if you like, a wonderful psalm. David experienced this sinful uh, fall, uh, you know, uh, but in contrast with David, we have also a story of Joseph. And again, we don't have time today to go into that that much, uh, who, uh, when he was confronted with an almost overwhelming temptation, he cried out, how done can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You can find that in Genesis 39, uh, chapter 39. Joseph's integrity, clear conscience, and trust in God helped and powered him through dark days and into the light of exoneration and to honor and reconciliation. Mm. That was beautiful. I, I, I thought these uh, two examples, you know, they can speak uh, tons of, uh, uh, you know, of, uh, words. Yeah. Just uh, uh, quickly to another question, um, Kevin. Can we follow God's plan? Absolutely. Absolutely we can. That's a definitive answer. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Absolutely we can. And we can uh, not because we are superhumans, but we have access uh, to to heavenly power mm. uh, and heavenly assistance to help us uh, to follow the plans of God. And that is through the salvation that comes through Christ and the empowerment that comes through the spirit of Christ working in us. Mm. Uh, because God makes these uh, resources available to us because he wants us to enjoy the benefits of obedience and blessings that come as a result mm. of that. Beautiful. I'm going to take another break here, and I'd like to play this song, Peace in the Valley, and we'll come back uh, to conclude and to finish this program. Well, I'm tired and I'm weary, but I must toil along till the Lord comes to call me. Where the morning is 
together uh, what is what is god's purpose for human sexuality well i think that um, david uh, earlier on in the interview really um, alluded to something which is i think a very good way to answer that question in that god's purpose is to be a prophecy is to be a foretelling of where history is headed to which is the great feast of the lamb Mm-hmm. and the wedding between the lamb and his church. So our sexuality is more than just about us. It's about God's plan, mm-hmm. his purpose, his design, and his desire to bless us. 
Wonderful. It looks like uh, our time is up for uh, today. Thank you for joining Nick Rita and Kevin uh, Musarita on Drive Time Q&A. Please join us next time when uh, we look um, at the Holy Spirit in the contemporary uh, religion. Until then, may God richly bless you. And don't forget, God is there to wash us through his blood, all our sins. And if you experience something negative in life, Now is the time to give your life back to God. I'll leave you with this beautiful song, Love Remains. We are born one fine day Oh, yeah.